This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. How are we doing, gentlemen? Enjoy our football at the weekend, did we? Very well, Eric. Good to good to see the game back and uh, you know, and, and plenty of interesting chat to talk, uh, chew the fat over there. Did we do? And did we do? Well, we would uh, we would have had this podcast out a, a day earlier had it not been for Jim getting his uh, one-day scooter lessons. So it's good <laughs> to know that some at, at your ripe old days, Jim, you're still you're still willing to learn willing to learn something new, but. One man who's getting on his bike out of Dundee, it would appear, Kane Hemmings. Kane Hemmings, does this one take you by surprise, Sean? Uh, I suppose it has, yeah. I mean, there was obviously a a fair bit of speculation if we go back a couple of weeks when the story emerged of um, Dundee potentially invoking Clause 12 in the contracts and Kane Hemmings was Yeah, there. it was looking likely that he would go away and stay at that point, yeah. I think it would be fair to say, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Kane was obviously reportedly the the, the one mm-hmm. the last holdout, as it were. But it seemed it seemed that that had been um that had been figured out. Um and at which point you tend to, to think, right, well, that's that. Yeah, yeah. You put that one on the back burner. So I said for it for it to suddenly reverse uh, the U turn does seem strange. But I mean you, you for me, the way I look at it, and I think he's, he must have something sorted. Yeah. I think he yeah. wants to go back down south, doesn't he? That's my feeling. Like. Talk of the uh, usual phrase, mutual agreement, and you know, personal reasons, that sort of thing. I mean, he's he's played. Oh, I was going to say he's played the majority of his career down south, but probably just. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously mm. been up here a fair bit as well. Anyway, maybe maybe fifty fifty ish. But anyway, whether he wants to go back down there, and like you say, Jim, he's more than. Almost certainly got something lined up. I, Eric, you you can take it for granted that his agent will have fixed up a deal for him, and um, well, you know, and will have been working on it. And when he's accepted the deal with Dundee, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it's been a kind of gentleman's agreement. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it, you fought hard to get me to take this kind of this cut, this deferral, call it what you will. Um, but, but if something yes. comes up, you know, I, I think well, it'll be a gentleman's agreement that I can go, and something's coming up. You know, just as you know, I mean, okay, the Scottish season started, the English season is some some weeks away but he'll have something lined up and they'll go back south of the border again the Covid situation so far doesn't seem to have affected finances as we as badly as we, we thought it would um, certainly south of the border um, and I, I would be astonished if Kane Hemmings uh, you know doesn't annou- it's not announced in the next week or two that he's signed elsewhere uh, south of the border Sean I mean looking back on uh, Kane Hemmings' season last year I can't remember speaking to you too much about it but certainly w- Jim, I can remember speaking to you plenty of times on the podcast about about Hemmings, and it was, I mean, my t- I was quite critical of him in the, the early months of the season. I felt that you know that period of time when it seemed that everything was so static with Dundee from from middle to front, I thought Hemmings could have been uh, could have been offering a bit more movement. He was by no means alone in that, but anyway, he he but he seemed to he certainly his best form as with a lot of the Dundee players. Was in the back end of last season when he was when the goals were coming again. I mean, his, his statistics were were decent, if not stunning. By the end of it, you know, ten goals in in twenty nine mm-hmm. games that mm-hmm. was just just under his career average. So you know, he's and again we're we're presuming, but the way he was he was finishing, he got four in his last six games. So mm-hmm. there was every reason to think he would get he would get a lot closer to that one and two that strikers all seem to. Mm-hmm. 
all seem to like. I mean, how, what did you think about well, Hellings? Is the, it? No, I mean the the the, the one in three <clears throat> pretty much average you're talking about. You know, is, uh, will have been will now be replaced by. Uh, sure, we'll talk about him, Danny Mullen, who uh, Dundee have signed, who's kind of was pretty much a one in four man for for Livingston. But I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we did chew the fat, and I I eventually found myself when we were talking about Hemmings wondering a couple of things. One, does this guy? actually look as though he wants to be here mm-hmm. and increasingly I, I think I felt no he didn't um, I, I didn't feel you know I often felt he felt incredibly frustrated as a striker that he wasn't getting enough defeat wasn't getting enough service um, and he let people know on the pitch and to, I, and to I, I us know, there, was one, there was one interview absolutely. I think was it after our broth where he was very right. he laid it on the line basically saying give me the chances I'm score I'm not getting the service yeah, you're absolutely right I mean he, he was and, and look I mean football's that kind of game you understand that I mean football essentially although it's a team sport is also a very very selfish sport, and your teammates can 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 leave you exposed. And I think there's there's two ways mainly that teammates can can be exposed. I think goalkeepers stand a particular risk of being exposed by defensive frailties, men in front of them, and I think strikers stand to be exposed by the lack of service to to their feet. I mean, so, so, some some strikers are, are simply out and out goal scorers. You can think, over the years you can think of them. The you know you've got to go back. Uh, you know for a younger generation. I mean, I'm thinking of people like the you know the the, the Joey Harpers and the Gert Mullers and guys. Like that. They, they they were they were simply out and out predators. Goal you know goal mouth kind of poachers. David Dodge was one at Tannadice. Hemmings to, to some extent maybe arguably the same. Nowhere near as good a player as any of those, obviously, um, but. He always struck me as a guy who he didn't want to be there, showed it quite clearly, uh, and and didn't frankly perform as well as, on reflection, I sometimes thought that, that he had. When you actually looked at the stats, when you watched him in the game, you thought, what is his overall contribution here to a side that are trying to get up? And, and, and regularly, uh, I thought it was much less than it could have been. Sean, what was your what was your take on his on his season? He certainly, he certainly arrived as a, a real as the, the marquee marquee signings. That's the one, isn't it? He was he was going to be he was going to be Dundee Shankland, and we can go on to sort of maybe say it was you know we can he was he was maybe unfortunate that he was getting compared with Shankland a lot, wasn't he? That's that's never a never a helpful comparison for any striker coming in at Dundee uh, to be compared to United. Not, not not with Shankland's figures, no. Exactly, no. That's not. It's not. It's not good. You're not hiding at nothing if that's the benchmark, um, because Shankland's outstanding goal scoring record. Um, not just for United, it would be for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not great. But I mean, Hemmings with some justification, was a marquee signing because he'd been at the club before. He'd, he'd been fantastic in his previous spell at the club. Very well loved. In the top player. flight, remember. And in the Premiership, indeed, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it would only be natural for, for Dundee supporters to be excited about getting Hemmings back. Um, initially, as you say, I, th- I, I don't think the way the team were playing in general helped them. Um, and towards the end of the season, I remember watching Dundee down at air United uh, towards well, that's maybe the second last game uh-huh. was it second or third last game before the shutdown um, and they got a point that day which was fine good result because they ended up beating air the following game but um, that day there was a lot of uh, balls over the top for Hemmings to chase uh, and I did get the distinct impression that he wasn't enjoying himself having to chase them because um, it's a pretty thankless task yeah. at times when, when you're just continually getting balls lumped over the top into the channels and you've got to chase defenders down or chase the goalkeeper down and every time you're doing that you're expending energy which is um, going to make it more difficult for you to be in the right place if a, if a real chance yeah. does 
crop up and you can argue yeah you're doing a job for the team by by doing that running but at the same time you're you're diminishing your abilities in other areas by doing it so I, I, I could see why that sort of thing would have frustrated them um but as you say at the end of it I mean you get 10 goals which which is fine I mean you would you would take that most teams would take that off one of their strikers uh, to be honest, so I mean, he didn't set the heather alight, but he was he was totally fine um, in difficult circumstances, and I he's definitely lost to Dundee this season. Well, there you are. You've you've moved me quickly into that. I mean, Jim, I think he, as far from James McPake's perspective, he'll be a loss because he even through the times when he was, you know, Hemmings wasn't scoring, the team was playing poorly. A lot of people were saying. Should Hemmings be dropped here? Mm-hmm. He was very, very defensive of him, and he, you know, he was he was always along the lines. Look, the goals will come. He's given me a lot more than than maybe people are seeing that sort of thing. You know, he's. I'm not saying he quite built his team around him, but he he was the one. He was one undroppable. One of well, maybe you could say Dorrance as well, but there was, he was one of very few undroppables at at Dens Park last season, even in some some tough tough times. Hmm. Well, you know, managers <clears throat> regularly are looking for things in players that that you, that you and I and Sean, uh, uh, you know, as football journalists are are, are not, you know, or, or fans uh, are not. They see a, a different overall contribution. They see, of course, um, a, a contribution in terms of the instruction they've given them before they go in the park, which which we are not always party to, you know, either before the game or, or even in post match interviews. Um, and managers also have blind spots to, towards certain players. Uh, I mean, remember, you know, I, I mean, Hemmings and Hemmings and is 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 um, his first time round, uh, you know, partnership at the club. I think in 2015-16, he scored was it 25 goals. You know, so his, his rate of return then was was terrific. Um, although James McPake went on to suggest in recent times that he he was actually a better all round player. Um, than, than he was in his first spell at the club. But I I, th- I think, you know, had you said to most Dundee fans, would you like him now to be a, a better all-round player and his goal contribution will be 10 this season, or the poorer player, by comparison, the less all-round player that he was the last time, and ha- you can have 25 goals. I'm pretty sure that he'd taken the lesser all-round mm-hmm. player and 25 goals. I mean, you know, striker, strike. That, that, you know, ultimately, um, there's little point to a striker if he's not striking or, or at least assisting, laying on. For, for, for his, his fellow party, depending on what he's playing. You know, if you're playing a, a lone role up front, I mean, there's no doubt that, that it was a more difficult time for him this time, generally, in, in terms of what was going on. The comparison with Shankland is understandable, I suppose, to some extent. But, I mean, very quickly, it was apparent that Dundee were out of that, out of the kind of the race to actually win in their own right, the, the league. So mm-hmm. then became about playoff, uh, the playoff situation. Um, and I just don't think that he was, um, I actually don't think he was a shadow of the player that he was the first time around. Sean, speaking to Rab Douglas for, for his column in our paper, and, and Rab, Rab says that, you know, he just Dundee would, it's very hard to see how they can get a player of his, his quality, like for like, you know, just basically saying that, you know, Kane Hemmings, with these connections with Dundee and all the rest, is as is as good as they can hope to get in the championship. Would 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 you agree? Well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head about uh, for for a name that I would know that could replace him, and I, and I can't. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say that there's 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 not some below the radar striker somewhere out there that could come in and do the job. That Have you seen much of Mullen for starters, by the way? 
Uh, no, I have to say no. No, there's no, there's no point in lying about it. I've seen him. I've seen him a couple of times certainly, uh, and he scored. He scored a, a fantastic volley against St Johnston. I remember in the back end of what was the season that Josh Joe Shaughnessy left. You know, and uh, not the last season, but the season All before. Right, okay, so not the last one, but um, the one before. Yeah, but I think he, yeah, he certainly didn't get much of game time last season and. Mm-hmm. I think for everybody, it would have been better if the deal had gone through for McPake to get him on the on deadline day, you know, because he, he he didn't he barely if if at all barely kicked a ball for someone after that, and Dundee could have done with him. It was one of those that you know it was I think I think Dundee spent their money elsewhere, didn't they? Because the left back ended up getting injured, you know, and it was one of those that they couldn't they couldn't make, they couldn't do the deal basically because they didn't have the didn't have the money. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's a busy he, well, he is he's a busy striker. He'll get but I still think they, they need one more though, don't they? For sure, you know, because remember Nelson Nelson's gone as well. He seems to be well thought of um, by St Min fans at least. Yeah. Um as you say, you, you always get a reaction from um fans of a, of a club that a player's leaving and and in this case it seems to be that he he goes with the with the well wishes of St Mirren fans yeah. who seem to appreciate what he did for them, however limited it may have been, they seem to have an appreciation that he that he that he tried his hardest and and did some good things for them. So that, I mean that's a positive. Um, he's not getting the bugger off, mate. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Let's hope he doesn't get it dense. But it's, fun, it's <laughs> funny actually, Jim. You mentioned this before. Um, he said, "Who uh, was it?" James McPake had talked about Kane Hemmings being a better all-round player mm-hmm. this time. See, that's a funny phrase, that one, isn't it? Because it, it seems to be applied only to strikers who aren't scoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I, 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 of course, if they are, if they are scoring, we don't need to talk about what. Yeah, other I mean, they do, Sean, you know what? That, that, that's actually a really good point. Have you ever heard of a goalkeeper who's conceding more goals per season than he ever did previously being described as a better all-round goalkeeper? I mean, it, I mean, it is, yeah. it is slightly unusual. Or a better all-round I mean, left back, for that point of view. Or a better all-round left back. Yeah, no, I mean, the the the, the Mullen one will be interesting. I mean, he certainly. I mean, he'd over one hundred and seventy. Um, Appearances when he was at Livy, and uh, you know, I don't think he did set hair on fire at, at St. Mirren. Um, but Dundee, they tried to send him back in January, they did didn't that. they? Yeah, yeah. Um, as, I, as I recall. So, they, obviously, James McPake has, you know, sees something in him that, uh, you know, that appeals to him. Um, the, the, you know, the record that at Livy was 42 goals in over 170 times, so give or take one, you know, one goal in four, which is, you know, it, 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 it's not kind of, well, I was going to say it's not top quality striking. The problem is top quality strikers, and particularly at championship level, never met championship level, at premiership level in Scotland, are, are, are like hen's teeth. They're very, very hard to find. You know, to, top strikers are, are the one position on the park which will, you know, bring the greatest transfer fee or the biggest wages anywhere. And, and that applies whether you're in the second, you know, the first division uh, or, or, or the, the championship or, or the premiership, you know. So, I mean, He's. He, it looks like he's a decent player. Whether he's going, to, whether he's going to kind of bang in the kind of goals that Dundee require, particularly when, as you say, Eric, they're one shot. They need another one. Um, you know, uh, up front uh, remains to be seen. It's it's going to be a really really difficult season, as we know, with with Hearts with a big big budget, with Dunfermline looking as though they made some fine signings as well. Inverness there, thereabouts, as the saying goes. You know, um, so they, they simply have to hope that. You know, your man Mullen goes some way towards replacing Hemmings. And to be honest with you, you know, I know he's coming good towards the end of his time. Um, but 
overall in the season, I, I don't know how difficult it will be to replace him because he wasn't performing as a top quality yeah, striker. I, I th- scoring goals. I think Mullins more a sort of Nelson replacement, if you like, yeah. than, a, than a Hemmings mm-hmm. one. I think mm-hmm. they still need the the man that's gonna link it all up and score goals. Obviously, yes, we don't want we don't want one of these all round players that doesn't score, do we? No. So, uh, yeah, well, before we move off from Dundee, there was a, there was a piece and uh, a blast from the past for you for you guys. You're both of the, the vintage, certainly <laughs> you are, Jim, who uh, spoke to Harry, McL- Harry McLean oh, on, on several Harry. occasions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had, Harry was interviewed for our paper earlier in the week and he was, uh, he was saying basically for, for the good of everybody, and, and himself included, John Nelms, this is uh, not, not Harry McLean, that... John Nelm should come out and say whether he's had a taken a pay cut or not. Is it is it as simple as that, Jim? Do you think? Do you think it's one of these two and two plus two plus two equals four? Just why why are you not doing it? Well, I I, I don't know why he wouldn't do it, Eric. To be honest with you, um, I, I I mean, I, and I don't know if he has. I mean, I did suggest the same in a, a courier call some weeks, but I mean, I speak to Harry uh, uh, now and again. I mean, Harry was at was at Dens, obviously, during the Callum Melville period and all the rest of it, and done these dire days of uh, administration. But, I mean, he is, you know, he, he is a, a red-hot um, Dundee fan. He's a red-hot blue nose, and he's obviously, I think, distressed by what he sees uh, happening around about the club. Uh, and I think, is it a pop at John Nelms? Probably, because I think it's, I think bluntly, he, don't, he doesn't think that John Nelms is making a great job of running things. But then that, that's the nature of football. People who have been there previously uh, tend to think that, that those who have come in and replaced them uh, don't, uh, haven't done as good a job as, as they've done. The Dundee supporters divided on this. Uh, you know, I mean, I've found in a fairly long spell as a journalist that fans, by and large, don't want bad news about the club till it's too late. You know, that, that's the simple truth of the matter. They don't want, the minute you write something... Then, then, then they'll ask you, why didn't you, why why you, you why cover it? I mean, you know, a couple yeah. of weeks back, I had a, a long discussion into the evening uh, over my use of the word crisis at Dens, you know, with a, uh, a professional man, uh, you know, who took me took umbrage at me using it. I mean, if, if you're asking players to, to take wage cuts, of course it's a crisis, you know. Um, if, if, if you can't sign top quality players in your attempt to get up, of course it's a crisis. If you're if the managing director who's asking people to take cuts um, doesn't give any indication of whether he's doing it himself or not, then it leads people to ask questions. So I don't see that would have done John any harm to say, well, by the way, I've taken a bit of a cut myself. He doesn't have to say how much he's taken mm-hmm. the cut. But if, if everyone is in, <clears throat> and I, I'm not keen on wartime analogies, but if everyone is in the trenches together, then... I think the pain has to be shared equally and it wouldn't have done any harm at all for that to have been made public. Yeah, sure. I mean, Harry, Harry McLean, he's one of these guys, obviously has uh, been part of the Callum Melville regime. You know, it, it's, it's you know, that, that kind of colours some some fans' views, but it's it's about the message rather than the, the messenger here, isn't it? You know, you, can you, you find it hard to argue with the point he was making? I do find it hard to argue with it. I've spoken about this before. It's a it's a it's a well worn topic. Um, now Harry McLean, in terms of being part of the Callum Melville regime, I mean that's absolutely true. That's how he, that's how he came into the club, but he was there subsequent to that as well, and he was worked hard to try and. Oh, listen, he's a, fix he is, the as, mess as, as Jim says, made. he's a Dundee man. Listen, I I always got on well with him with the dealings as well. So yeah, and I think you yeah. know. He's got Dundee's best in his heart. I think so. Right, but in, in terms of John Nelms, I mean, I've said this before, He his preferred way of working, evidently, is 
to do so in private and mm-hmm. not have any communications, certainly with anybody on the public side of things, not with the media or anything like that. That's that's up to him. In ordinary business, um, you would say fair play. But this is this is football. It's not an ordinary business. It's it's not like you're 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 running an accountancy firm or something. People are invested in their football clubs. It's an entertainment business. Therefore, there's a PR side to that business inherently, as there is with anyone. But in football, it, it's 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 particularly to the front, and that is that is a side of things that I think John Nilms has neglected during his time um, at the club, and I think he continues to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll he will say, you know, if 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 I decide that I'm going to take a pay cut, I can communicate that to to my staff, and it's nobody else's business. And again, there's a, there's a degree of right with that because it's his wages, it's his livelihood, nobody else's business really. Um, but at the same time, there's there's something about football that calls for more engagement, and it needs leadership that sets examples and brings people with it and hooks people into the emotional side of what a football club is. And I think if John Nelms had said at the start of this, I'm leading by example, I've taken a pay cut. Now it's over to, to other people, to the to the players, for instance, to see if they're going to do it. That's it. That's more of a stirring message mm-hmm. um, than to say nothing, I think. And 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 I think he's he's been guilty of saying nothing too frequently during his time at Dundee. And I don't think it does the club any favour. Yeah, well, well put, Sean. I mean, it's uh, Jim. It, it's, it's it's as much for I know that you know fan, fans like to defend their club as well, don't they? But you know, if you're in the dark, it's hard for them to say. You know, if if, if a United fan's having a pop at them, saying, "Oh, well, what's your uh, what's your man Nelms doing? Is he taking a pick up? What's uh, you know Gordon Strachan? You know all these question marks. You know they can't answer back, can they? Well, I mean, the, 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 particularly in a two-team city, Eric, where, you know, like at a lump, you're always going to have a situation with bragging rights. Now, at the moment, United have got more bragging rights because <clears throat> they're in a, the top league. Um, they appear to have an owner who, you know, who has invested very heavily and continues to do so, whereas Dundee's uh, owner has invested heavily. No, no problem with that with Tim Keyes, but it seems to have kind of ground to a halt progress that they were making. I mean, let's be honest, Dundee... Um, I've had four seasons to put United absolutely in their place, grab the next generation of kids, get out in a marketing splurge, drive themselves into the city again. I mean, this is a city where nothing, nothing, you know, there's no religious or political or social element to a division uh, between the two clubs in the city. Don't need a great chance, an absolutely, you know, fantastic chance to to reinvigorate themselves in all the rest of it, stay up, win the next the next generation, and I failed to do so. Um, now, I mean, Sean, Sean makes a good point there. He's talking about, you know, John has taken, John Elms has taken the view that, you know, it's almost kind of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens at Den stays, stays inside. But football doesn't work like that. I mean, you know, the, the late Eddie Thompson, who, you know, went from running a company morning, noon and night with five times the turnover to Dundee United. People knew who Eddie was. People within the grocery trade and, you know, people about Dundee United knew he sponsored. But, you know, very, very few people knew anything about him. Um, now, Eddie was a publicist. He was a self-publicist. He was a publicist for United. But he understood automatically that you've got to, got to drive and generate uh, interest in the club. And, and that whole thing about Dundee, it, it, there's a flatness about the place. There is no energy. There's no drive um, uh, about that. Now, that comes from the very, very top. You've got to engage with people. You've got to talk to them. You've got to bring them on board. I mean, Dundee still potentially have a very, very 
big core support. You know, it's, it's not as big as United's now, but it's still very, very decent indeed. And I just kind of sense that they, they don't engage. You know, of course, when I when I open my mouth and say things like this, people say, his loyalties lie down the road, you know. I can assure you, having done a small spell of consultancy, that my loyalties lie with Lockie Hart these days. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, truly, you, you've got football. Football is a business, but it's an entertainment. It's part of the entertainment industry. It's theatre. Uh, and fans need to be engaged. And listen, we're all seeing this. We're all seeing more and more the way the game is going. The game's heading to in-house media where tame, you know, tame questions are asked. Nothing difficult is asked. Uh, now, fans want that. that. That's entirely up to them. But they should not be surprised when all of a sudden out of the blues comes some horrible news someday and then they're saying to guys like us, why didn't you ask that question? Well, the club wouldn't answer a phone or they wouldn't put someone up or they just wouldn't engage. That's that's the reason we're seeing it more and more in the game. Oh, well, Sean, John Nelms, he's got, he's, he's got a... He's got one balance. He's got a balancing act to get right in the next few weeks, hasn't he? Because that's Hearts back in training. Um, I gather that our broth are due to come back around about August fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now he's now got to decide when to, you know, bring the players back in. They'll then go off furlough. Um, you know how 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 late do they leave it? Yeah, it, how late can they leave it? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a balancing act, and finance will come into that. That'll play a big role in it, and that's understandable. Um, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't have massive criticisms over the financial decisions that they're having to make because they've got to protect the business, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, right? It's it's more about the nature of the communication surrounding it that, that that I've been concerned about. But in terms of when he brings them back, it'll it'll be informed by two things, and that's the balancing act. It's it's the the requirements of getting a team up and running in time to get started and, and play hearts on the first day <laughs> and play hearts so you want them really bang at it at that time um and then on the other side of it you're looking at your balance sheet and you're trying to figure out what you can do um without putting the putting the business in jeopardy so there'll be those two sides will be being judged and obviously the, the answer that comes out of that will be <laughs> that'll be the best they can do yeah. um, in terms of hearts coming back they they obviously have come back really really early and um, I mean that's hearts are a special case in the championship under under these under any circumstances but certainly under these ones they're they're budget wise and they're sending out a message already Sean aren't they size of club you know, wise they're, they're mile, yeah they're miles they're miles beyond anybody else in that league and I include Dundee in that and that's not to diminish Dundee it's just a fact yeah. that Hearts are a, a vastly bigger club than Dundee are um, so they, they I'd imagine the thinking with them they'll be thinking right we, we're in the championship but we're a premiership club so we're going to keep running things like a premiership club we're going to attack this season like a premiership club and if that means starting now we're going to start now Um so that'll be their thinking. Dundee have got different concerns, so they'll have to judge it more carefully. But um, there is obviously a, mm-hmm. a slight risk that, that Hearts will have a bit of an edge come the start of the season just because by dint of having so much more time to work at it. Well, Hearts, they are in the Championship. They weren't, they weren't playing in the Premiership opening day. Two of our teams were against each other. It was Dundee United v St. Johnson. Did you... Did you Sign up, Jim, did you? Did you pay your uh, your £12.50? £12.50? Uh, I have to say, I didn't, Eric. I oh. watched the highlights. Right, Sean, we'll ask the you then, OK? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Shocker>. so, <laughs> Jim, Jim, it was... Uh, we'll start with United first. What the... What were the good and the bad for you? Well, I think the good was that, you know, you're a debut for a, for a, a, a young player. You had... Um, a, Lewis Nielsen, a, a good about. draw. A, 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 yeah, you're a really good draw. I think against um, uh, 
a top quality Premiership side, a side who by and large over the over the period have usually been kind of top six or pretty much thereabouts. I mean, certainly in Tommy Wright's uh, days, who have been the Tayside top dogs, as I put it, for probably the past, you know, five, six, seven years or more. Um, so in that, and we're also missing a few players, you know. So in that respect, I think uh, uh, they, they were off to a very decent start indeed. Uh, how it might have you know, how they might have fared against a 10-man St. Johnson if a Halloran hadn't had a couple of rushes of blood to the head. Who knows? But that's neither here nor there. On the day, uh, it was a very uh, decent draw. When you look, you look at terms of possession, the stats and all the rest of it, um, then I think that, you know, United can be very, very pleased uh, with with themselves. I mean, I was looking at the stats this morning. In terms of, you know, possession, um, and I'm working on the basis that the stats are right, I think it was 76% uh, to... No, sorry, it was uh, it, it was sixty one to thirty nine, which you know, um, pretty decent, I, I think, in terms of kind of generally speaking, shots on goal. Well, I, I'm no, I'm no, I'm, I'm big on shots on goal, but not shots generally. Shots on target for the piece. The key thing is it was a one one draw. I think there's a lot to be uh, pleased about, and of course, there's a couple of new faces. Uh, one who was who was there at the weekend, and one who's who's coming in as well. So, I mean, I think you know, it, it was as good a start, perhaps. Uh, as Mickey Mel might have um, expected against the side, uh, a club who, have, have, frankly, are better run and probably have better players than United. Sean, I thought uh, there was a f- obviously we'll, we'll give them a few weeks because there's a few a few players who haven't played at this level before, and we're, we're intrigued to see whether they are Premiership level players. It was an encouraging, and one of those where there was a question mark of them was Ian Hart. So it was a very encouraging first half for him. He, he kind mm. of, you know, St Johnson got more to grips with. Ironically, with midfield, you know, with ten men as, as as the game progressed, but yeah, encouraging for for Harks. I thought less encouraging for uh, Callum Butcher. I must admit, I don't. I thought, you know, I remember he's played at this level before. I I, I was mm-hmm. expecting. Didn't get, I mean, he's never mobility isn't his thing. You know what I mean? But he wasn't. He wasn't quite mm-hmm. at the uh, the pace of the of the game I felt what was your take on United's midfield uh, Harks I was impressed with um, as you say uh, there was he, he did have there was question marks over him for me um, but what I saw from him on Saturday particularly in the first half was uh, there was a lot of aggression in his yeah, game which he was I, the best, I have to he was say the best I, haven't on the bef- I haven't seen before yeah yeah, I haven't seen that before but there, I mean there was a few instances where he, it was a real bite about him real dig I think there was one where he absolutely Ragdolled Callum Hendry. That might have been second half, but he just—I mean, it was a foul. A foul was given, but, but I had a bit of I anger. Thought, in it. Yeah, I've not seen that before from him, and I was impressed with that. But he's—he um, was decent on the ball. A few good passes. His runs from midfield were good. Um, I thought he was maybe. Well, actually, it was the incident that led to the to the penalty. United took the lead yeah, from. He was maybe a wee bit. Attentive. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about no uh, his run. I was talking about Hark's run because he, he he gets sent away, didn't he? So I thought he was maybe a bit tentative and 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 letting the Saints' defence catch up to him uh, before getting the shot away. Um, and then obviously it comes back for the shot that Liam Craig blocks with his with his hand and the penalty he's given for that. Uh, but in general, Hark's was good. Um, I enjoyed him. I thought he was decent. Um, are you blaming him for not tracking Liam Craig, or are you are you looking at just Connolly head it out? Well, I mean, certainly Craig was was in acres, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so he'd, he'd he'd certainly been nobody had his eye no had their eye on him. He was able to, to get into that space uh, on his own. So someone's to blame. I without watching the replay back right now, I couldn't say whose responsibility it was, but somebody's let him go. 
for sure. Um, and then the, the clearance is, is guff. I think everybody knows <laughs> well, that. It's been discussed plenty. Technical term for the week. We're like, we're like one a week, yes. Guff, yes. <laughs> guff, yeah, guff. It was guff at best, uh, I would say. Um, and then Callum Butcher was the other one um, you mentioned. I uh, yeah, it was less in, less involvement certainly, less positive involvement than than from Harks. Um, and again, a man on the other side, Ali McCann, who actually didn't have his liveliest game for St Johnston. No, they did a very. Thought, they gave as quiet a game as he's had in the first half, you know. So that which is a compliment to them, you know. Absolutely, yeah, and um, I, but I still thought the second half in that period where. It was about a twenty-minute spell where, where where St. Johnson kind of took control of that with ten men, um, and I thought McCann came on a game at that point um, and, and and was very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but beyond that, I mean, in general, first half, first half, I thought United were excellent. Second half, not good <laughs> against ten men. But then a lot of that, I mean, St. Johnston, St. Johnson were very good. Um, in the second half, once they'd gone down to ten men, because I, I, when I when I was watching it, I was watching it on the stream. By the way, I paid my twelve fifty. <laughs> you go. I'll need to claim that back in oh, expenses, yeah. though. <laughs> uh, um, so the, when I was watching the stream and I saw O'Halloran go off, uh, I, I must admit I thought, "Oh no, for St Johnson, this is bad news." I thought United were going to press home their advantage after that, but it really, it really didn't turn out that way at all. Jim, what do you, what do we, what do we learn if anything about uh, Lon Shankland after his first game? I mean, he, he does like that faintish. I mean, he, he obviously he, he does brilliantly to get the shot that mm. goes over. Although most of, somebody told me, and I, and I have no no reason to disbelieve this one because I've heard it with Harry Kane as well. But somebody was saying to me who's watched a lot more of United, like season ticket holder, says most of his goals are when they're low, and obviously he chose he chose to go high for that mm-hmm. one. Um, makes makes sense. But then he has that one on the edge of the box where he does like the sort of pretend faint to shoot and then cutting the mm. other other foot but maybe you're quite not getting the time that you would do to do that in the championship as you know as you, sorry in the top flight as you would at the championship you know but mm-hmm. other than that was it was it the Lawrence Shanklin you expected to well, see? Well I mean I think I mean you know bear in mind that you know I, uh, <clears throat> I saw only the highlights um, and, and they weren't hugely extensive but I mean what you know the particular sh- uh, incident you're talking about um, you know he goes about three different he, he drops his shoulder about three okay. different times turns his man once goes again turns him again and I think w- when you're doing that and the, nat- the natural sequence of events as it to, to some extent you're, you're, you're kind of already kind of feeling the effects of that and maybe just leaning back a fraction trying to get your shot. Plus, of course, you're getting pushed out a wee bit wider uh, than normal. But I think it's it's early in the season, Eric. I mean, I, I'm a great believer in kind of you know giving guys four, five, six games to to settle in to find a, to find a pace like that. You know, the heart, and the lungs open up properly. You know, interestingly talking about hearts being ahead of Dundee here. I mean, I don't think a week or so makes a massive amount of difference. I don't even think. And remember, Saints went into this one against United, having played I think only two bounce yeah, games, wasn't just it? Two, two. Yeah, against United's uh, four. You know, um, I don't think that makes a massive, but it makes a bit of difference. You know, it, it, it makes a bit. And I think similarly. Guys need to. Doesn't matter how how hard you've been training, you know, and uh, the bounce work that you've done, the training work you've done, or the couple of bounce games. I think once you get into the real nitty gritty, when you're up against opponents who have been playing at a higher level and all the rest of it, then I think it takes three, four, five games really to start the settling to 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 find your feet again. Um, so I wouldn't be, you know, uh, if you're a United fan, I don't think you could be disappointed. I mean, Clark took his, his penalty beautifully. Um, 
I think, generally speaking, I, I, you know what, I sympathise with Conor Lim. You've got a fra- I mean, I know that's what pros are paid to do, but he's got a fraction of a second, should have put the ball out. You know, always better conceding uh, a corner, even although danger can come from that. Uh, don't think for a minute, he was also in an awkward, his body was in an awkward shape and position when he tried to clear it. I don't think for a minute he thought, A, that, um, that you know, the, 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 the goal scorer wouldn't be picked up, but also don't think anybody thought, Craig, but it's such a magnificent volley, you know. Um, so there was a combination of things I think on the day but I think overall United I think can be pretty pretty pleased I mean I picked up my column last week about Mickey, Mickey Mel was talking about you know a tempo and, and I think you know United can probably be relatively happy um, that they matched a side uh, for, for and, and actually bossed parts of the game against a team who have played for a long time at a slightly higher tempo than United have been used to so I think on the day a point is a decent result Sean Callum Davidson's going with a, a new formation and it was quite an intriguing one to see how the game played out because it's a, a tough shift in the middle of the park for the two central midfielders, uh, McCann that you mentioned and, and Liam Craig, they got the goal both with Murray Davidson being injured, both stayed on for the full 90 so it was a, it was a heck of a shift One, and then we saw uh, David Wotherspoon pushed further forward into the, into the front three and I think a lot of folk uh, rolled their eyes when Tommy Wright, or or maybe sort of, you know, were a bit shocked when Tommy Wright described David Wotherspoon as his, his best ever signing. And, but I think that was a reminder of just why, because he's so, I mean, he can play so many different positions and he's just, we've talked, we use the phrase all the time, it's the football brain. I mean, he just, he just positionally, lovely touch. He just, he's just a clever, clever player, isn't he? He is. Uh, the touch is a big thing for me, and I think because he's one of these players because he's from Perth and because he's been there for a few years, good few years now, he kind of gets taken for granted a bit, um, and he gets a lot of stick, doesn't he, from from St Johnston fans um, over the course of pretty much any game. You, you might hear, hear hear him involved in it. There'll be some stick thrown his way, which is largely unfair because he he does do a great job. And uh, you mentioned his touch. I think that's something that people don't realise or, or forget about him, and that he has got this fantastic range of skills. Well, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many times he does it. The players, United players, again, they were falling for that lovely role he loves to do. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. uh, the cup <laughs> final one. He still, it's, they know what's coming, yeah. but they still don't. They're still not able to stop it. He's just got very, very good footwork. He does. He does indeed. Um, and I, I don't. I don't uh, have any. I don't see why anyone would have an issue with him being played slightly more advanced in that way. Um, Hendry, I think. I mean, that's a no-brainer to start him. Though Halloran was a surprise. I can see why. Why Callum Davidson might have gone for him because pace. obviously he's got the pace and and he wanted to see if he could if he, if he could get him directly up against either Connolly or Reynolds um and that would have been interesting but it never happened and and, and largely because I'm I'm not convinced he, he was ever really in the right place at the right time <laughs> um he he was roaming a bit and he he certainly seemed to me to have started that game on a mission because he was he was as full full blooded as I've ever yeah. seen him and he's like Steve McLean's giving Johnston. him the team talk before he's come out or something. Yeah, he was it was, it was a bit uncharacteristic. A good shout, yeah. <laughs> and he was he, frankly he was asking for it, wasn't he? Oh it was I know it was it was but you just you just you just don't know what was going on in his head. maybe he won't either. Well looking at the games that the two of them have got coming up, Jim first of all, United at, at Motherwell, it's that's you, usually you would think that would be one of the harder games in the in the season, and the fact that they had a bad result up in Dingwall 
Does that make it a wee bit harder yet? Well, I, I suspect it does. <clears throat> I was thinking about this uh, this morning. I mean, I actually, to be honest with you, I kind of I half expected Motherwell to take probably a point and maybe even win that game. You know, given uh, given how well they they have done over this uh, over the previous season. So that you know that that goes well for um, for Ross County, but uh, it was a bit of a blow for Motherwell. So I suspect it doesn't make things any easier. Um, when you like to kind of take the you know the the bus down there because Motherwell are a, are a very decent side indeed. Uh, again, you know at this stage in the season, Eric, I mean you want off to a flyer. Don't don't get me wrong on that. You want off to a flyer. You want to garner as many points as you can. But everyone's finding their feet. Everyone's finding their kind of their breath. The uh, finding their touch and finding their their, their general kind of uh, you know pace of of the game again. But I do think it will make make it tougher for United. The fact that Motherwell have lost that one. Yeah, Sean. Well, they'll have a. I'm guessing he'll go straight into the team. Edwards, are you, are you expecting that to happen? You sign in this week. Uh, it'll depend what stage he's at in terms of his fitness. I think, um, in, in in terms of how much of a preseason of any he's had, he probably won't have had much really, will he? Yeah. Um, so, uh, as you say, like like all modern players, I'm sure he's looked after himself well enough. But it's, it's a case of like there's a big difference. Centre half, you probably get away with that a bit more. You would think. Possibly, well, that, yeah, that to me, an extent, is, is yeah, to an extent. But I, I, I still, th- I still think there's a difference between being being off season fit as a footballer and being match fit, and uh, I think that will play a part in it. Um, will he start? <laughs> Who knows? It depends on depends on what state he's in. I think. Thing um, is, they'll they'll not be going. It's not like a no, normally you would say, oh, we'll get him a couple of. You know, reserve games or or bounce games. That's yeah. it just isn't happening, is it? So at some point, you're just going to have to say, look, like, find find your match fitness in the first team. Type oh, well, thing. I mean, it's, it's going to have to be soon as well because see, you've, they've got Motherwell uh, coming up, but then they've got Hibs on the Tuesday night yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So games are coming thick and fast already, and then away up to Ross County following Saturday after that. So there's no let up, and and as I mean United will be aware of it already but you look at the fixture list and you go well there, there is not an easy mm-hmm. game here yeah. they're, they're all difficult so I mean there is there is going to be a need for, for extra bodies and, I, I, and, and such I, I, so I, I, I think that Sean, that's right. I mean, you know, the, the game comes. This game comes so quickly. I mean, I must admit, you know, when we were doing the podcast last week before the start of the season, I, at the back of my mind, I was thinking, looking at that United fixture list, um, you know, starting, you know, as they did against Saints, um, going to Motherwell, and then and then heading for Hibs, who, who, who might have been top six if it hadn't been for the way the season ended. But Saints were. I was looking at that and thinking, you know, conceivably, quite easily, United could come out this three games without a point. Um, mm. And then they've got Celtic after that, by the way. And, and that's right. They're a point. Ever the optimist. I almost, I almost write games off against Celtic and, and, and Rangers. You know, I mean, it's if you take, you know, if you take kind of, you know, one point from the twelve against. Well, it's assuming you end up in the top six, but if you take kind of one point against either of those, you're doing well. Um, no, I mean, you know, there was a chance that they could have emerged from from those with nothing. Now, United are already ahead of the game, you know, in my view, anyway, with, with a point and a good point. Um, but you know, now two tough ones, and this is where. And Sean's right. I mean, you know, you can you can work as hard as you like in bounce games and all the rest. It's never the same, even if you train as you play, which most clubs do and should do. Um, it's still a different kettle of fish in terms of the psychology of the game up against an opponent. Um, you know, the early physical battle, the early mental battle, it, it becomes a different game entirely. And then there's the cumulative effect. As I said the other week, the key thing now for United, is that, you know, once the season really gets uh, into its its flow. And 
and then through the entire season. Is this the big test now? Is when you're stepping up against players who have been used to playing at a slightly higher. It's not massive, but it's a slightly higher tempo and it's a slightly higher pace and it's a slightly different mental calibration and equilibrium. You've got to you've got to reach those uh, levels and you've got to match them and you've got to stay at them. Uh, week in, week out, and a lot of players can't handle that. Over the piece, they start to to, to sort to some extent with Rangers. Um, you know, after the break last season, I mean, not United are not as good a side as Rangers. Uh, we know that. No, nobody else is, barring Celtic. Uh, but you, you get the drift. I mean, week in, week out, and when games come like this, you know, when you you have a point, you're into training, things are going pretty well. You you, you go to Motherwell. Uh, depending on what happens, you then go to Hibernian on a Tuesday night. Um, then, then the harsh realities might start to dawn on you, depending on how the results have gone. If they've gone well, all of a sudden the confidence is flying. If they've gone badly, um, then you need a great deal of mental strength and resilience to pick yourself up when you're new boys in that league. And for Saints, Sean, it's uh, Aberdeen and McDermott. Well, we're we're hoping Aberdeen will get out of uh, out of their own town with all these uh, these new COVID. These new COVID instructions up in up in Aberdeen, mm-hmm. but anyway, I think we're we're pretty confident that game will be unaffected. Be right, it? That'll be unaffected, but that's a that's too. I mean, Aberdeen got quite a bit of stick after the uh, the Rangers game. It was only one 0 but it, it was, the general impression seemed to be that they didn't they didn't lay a glove on them. It was I don't know if you had a chance to see. Well, you'd certainly seen the highlights, but yeah. you had a chance to see the the game in full before before the Saints United match. I did. I had it on beforehand uh, sitting watching that and uh, not a thriller no no it was grim but especially if you're an <laughs> Aberdeen fan and um, I think to be honest the stick is a continuation from last season really I just I think it's largely aimed at Derek McInnes you won't thank me for even mentioning it or bringing it up or drawing attention to it but that's that's how it is I think the, the you know, Aberdeen fans are at a point Despite the fact that they haven't finished Lord and Fourth in what eight, nine, eight yeah. years, nine years, something like Are that, they bored with it. Where they're, they're now, they're now saying, yeah, they're now saying this is not good enough anymore. Um, that's that's the general consensus, I think. And uh, there were incidents last season. There was sort of protests discussed against Derek, and and there was a, definitely a few grumbles at the end of a few games and a few chants aimed at him and such like. And it, it just. I think that the first game of the season against Rangers, they go out are pretty insipid, and the immediate reaction is just a continuation on from last season. I think and so. Saints, so Saints have got to replace. Obviously, got to replace O'Halloran, and you would imagine Aberdeen might change things up again. I noticed he, he was he he had a pretty. Uh, he didn't miss Mat- Matty Kennedy, did he? He basically blamed him for the goal, didn't he? McInnes, am I right? I'm right saying that, I'm not Sean. He said he didn't. He, he forced. I must have uh, missed that. Uh-huh. Should have made a better decision. He should. He should have made a better decision as far as uh, Taverni. Right. He should have. He should have shown him down the line type thing. Yeah. Oh well, I kind of be a bit of public criticism to get a new signer on side, can you? Well, that's, I think uh, the, that's the way the, to do the, it. The problem is Aberdeen didn't have a, didn't have a shot on target. I, mean, I don't think they had the, the target was shot. I mean, they were four shots wide or, or whatever. They didn't have a shot on target. Now, I mean that you know, given. Given the history between these two clubs, I mean, Aberdeen fans, by and large, you know, just cannot stand the Rangers. It goes away, way back, doesn't it, the Durant incident? Um, but, you know, 
the, generally speaking, you kind of there is there has been a sense lingering about Petordia for a long time that Aberdeen should be doing better. Now it's arguable whether it should uh, or not. We're not Don's fans, so you know it's, it's 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 unfair for us to say. I mean, they are like everybody else when it comes to trying to challenge Celtic or Rangers. They don't have the financial muscle to do it. But I think sometimes there's a feeling that they're insipid, that they lack the drive, they lack the energy. And of course, there are still a generation of Aberdeen fans mm-hmm. who have been brought up on much better. You know, I mean, Derek McInnes has done well in terms of where they've been in the top half of the table for for, for long and weary now. Um, but um, f- football fans have high expectations, and the expectation, I think, when you play against the Rangers, uh, is that you'll at least have a shot on target, um, and they will certainly be looking to do um, better than that at the weekend. Last question, Sean. Who, so, who would you who would you play instead of O'Halloran? Would you go for? Uh... Is Conway's a bit of a risk to start him? Stevie Stevie May would be an obvious one. Stevie May is the one that I would plump for immediately. I I think, I mean, although it's a different system. um, It'd be in Aberdeen as well. At Tanadice. Yeah, it it was a different system at Tanadice than it had been towards the end of last season with the three Mm -hmm. up the top one before it was kind of two. And and May and Henry seem to have been building up a pretty good partnership uh, as a pair. In that too, slightly different when you've got a third, but I, 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 I would, I would still go for Stevie May um, as a starter. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if he started Conway, but I just think May, May's the one that would get the get the fans more excited of the two. Um, I would say here. See, I, I know you said last question there, but I'm going to have to bring something up well, here. Oh, it's been bugging me since the very, very beginning. <laughs> very beginning, Jim. Jim, what's this about the scooter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm recreating my mod days, um, Sean. I, I was away yesterday doing my CBT, my compulsory basic training, which you need to to drive a scooter, uh, a 125cc, which I'm currently hunting for. I sold my scooter about oh, eight, nine years ago, and I've regretted it ever since. And I've always been, yeah. uh, I have to say, I'm meeting some domestic resistance to this, but um, I've made my mind up having a scooter. It's a mid, mid, midlife crisis. So I was out yesterday. Oh, and you're the, past that. <laughs> I was, exactly. I was out yesterday in the worst possible condition. It was a worst day possible we were there was there was water coming from every aperture by the time i got home and mm-hmm. dived into the shower on the coldest wettest most miserable day of the year i take it you had your parka on yeah uh, well no, i didn't have the parka i actually had a proper jacket on a proper uh, uh like a motorbike jacket on oh. yesterday it was just as well because it, it was uh, a waterproof a, par- a parka would have weighed in it about three times oh. it's uh, normal weight by the end of the day with the conditions <laughs> yesterday so that's that's where i that's <laughs> that's where i was yesterday i was kind of out auditioning for a quadrophenia Half mod, half rocker. Then. Fantastic. Oh, well, listen, if, if that wasn't worth listening to the very end, it doesn't incentivise people to stick to the end of this podcast. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and thank you very much for listening. If there's, a, well, I should mention, if there's any golfers among you, we have a new podcast up and running with the, the Bunker Boys, a new one in the DC Thompson podcast group. So give that one a try. And I don't think they mentioned Dundee or Dundee United or St Johnston, but we could we could ask them nicely. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.